everyone. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. I'm in a fantastic mood today because, well, what reason do I have not to be? Heck yes. Um, I'm redoing my guest intro because uh, he has so many credits that uh, I screwed it up the first time when he was here yesterday. So I'm going to redo it. Uh, and also, I can speak with major enthusiasm that he's probably one of my favorite guests. I had never met him before. Um, my publicist uh, set it up. We we share the same publicist. And I was like, oh, yeah, he sounds like a cool dude. Sure, I'll have him on. Um, he couldn't have been cooler and more interesting. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this podcast. Um, so this guy has been, um, he's, he's had like over 200 roles. He's been a perennial favorite among industry execs and fans on both the small screen and big screen. Best known for his current reoccurring roles on five popular shows, including Amazon's Bosch, AB, uh, HBO's hottest comedy series, Insecure, as well as appearing on the hit Showtime comedy series, Dice, and the new Duplass Brothers HBO series, Room 104. Um, he can't walk down the street without someone recognizing. In fact, Taylor Swift called him out at a party for his memorable appearance in the millennial favorite, Law & Order. Uh, he's also appeared in movies with... The likes of Alec Baldwin, Carl Reiner, Kevin Pollock, Taylor Schilling, uh, 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 Robert Duvall. Uh, his, everything, it's crazy. He's been on House of Cards, Mad Men, Masters of Sex, Anatomy of Violence. Um, he's got a, he grew up in like a crazy entertainment industry household. His mom was a famous actress. His dad was uh, a big time agent who used to represent like Marilyn Monroe and stuff. Anyways, cool, cool dude. Um, and so without further ado... I'm gonna. We're gonna get started with Spencer Garrett. Hi, I'm 103 years yeah. old. <laughs> You've done a lot. Yeah, I started out in 1942. <laughs> I look pretty good, right? Yes, very yeah. good. <laughs> How old were you when you did start? Uh, I started when I was uh, uh, when I was my very first film credit was when I was 10. My Whoa. mother was directing uh, a movie. My mom was is an actor. Mm -hmm. uh, she was at the time she was president of the Screen Actors Guild. She was the first woman president of the Screen Actors Guild. I read and that you guys really have a lot of work ethic. The, this is uh, well, my, and my grandparents. My grandparents raised my mother and my aunt on a showboat on the Mississippi River called the Golden Rod that was uh -huh. docked in St. Louis and would go up and down the river. And there was a theater on the boat, and people would come on the boat, and they would do theater on the boat. How cool! So I yeah, kind of. So they they did they own the boat, or they were just the, the talent they, on them? They were the talent on the boat uh -huh. and uh, and they lived on the boat from time to time when they would go up and down the river so that's kind of like that's my that's so my everyone background. in your family it's like the old expression actors. born in a trunk I mean yeah. I was literally like born in a trunk but um, my mom was part of the uh, the inaugural class of the uh, the American Film Institute women directors workshop which mm -hmm. has now been around for like 40 years but uh, the um, the, fir the first class of it was like my mom and Maya Angelou, mm -hmm. uh, the poet, and uh, Margot Kidder, and very, very prominent women in the film industry. Mm -hmm. And so she directed a movie with Diane Ladd and Martin Sheen, and the two little kids that she hired for free to act in her movie <laughs> were free. me and Laura Dern. Oh my God. And I was 10 I and she was 8, cool and that was, my first, uh, that was my first movie. Are you still friends with Laura? I still am, yeah. Really? Yeah. She actually just, she's on the board of governors of the, uh, the Motion Picture Academy, mm -hmm. and uh, she was the one that called to tell me last month that I, uh, that I got into the academy. Really? So, yeah. Congratulations. Pretty exciting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Think you could hook me up with some party some tickets? Some I got screeners. Party could, tickets, screeners? I'm more well, into the party gonna, tickets. I got some screeners. screener parties at my house, okay. for sure, in All a right. couple of months. All right. Yeah. Um, I've been stealing my mom's screeners for the last 20 years, so now I'm finally getting my own in the mail. Don't you get, you get screeners from SAG, though. 
Uh, you get strangers who sag if you're if you're. There's sort of a, it's like a lottery system. Oh, um, is that why I didn't get them for a few years and then possibly, I got them last yeah. year? I thought I was in or trouble for some reason. Or if you don't pay your reason. dues on time, they I don't did, send them though. to you. Yeah. I thought it was because I never vote. I was like, am I getting punished for that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it works. But now I'm going to get both. So okay. I'm going to have lots of screeners. You. And everybody that's listening is invited to come over to my house and okay. watch movies. Uh, maybe you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you have a million, a million downloads? Come on over. Come on over, yeah. Come on Here's over. my address. So that's my first, yeah, that was my first credit. And so did, I did you a just movie. steadily keep working as a kid? I, I, well, no, I did like some after school specials and commercials and things like that when mm-hmm. I was a little kid. Uh, my mom was in a movie called Limbo, uh, which was the first movie about uh, the Vietnam War, really, mm-hmm. that was released in 1973, and I was like nine or ten in that, and that's how I got my SAG card. I was taft heart laid into the Union. Um, it's a movie that nobody saw. It was my mom and Kate Jackson, and it was about the wives of POWs coming oh, home from the, from the Vietnam sounds War. Sounds interesting. Really, it was a, actually a really interesting movie. I love war um, movies. But yeah, so I kind of, I, I did like kid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in commercials and things like that. But then I, I wanted to have a normal childhood. So you went to school, normally played sports? I went to school, and- normally played sports, went off to a, kind of a crunchy, artsy-fartsy high school in the woods in Maine. Uh-huh. Uh, was it like boarding I, school? A boarding school, but it was very kind of performance art. Mm-hmm. Uh, not performance art, per- performance-oriented, um, called Hyde School. It was mm-hmm. in, in Bath, Maine. And, uh, and I was there for like three years. And... Um, it was, uh, we, had a, we had a show that we wrote and produced, all of the kids that we wrote, we wrote and produced our own uh, touring show called America's Spirit. Wow, um, cool. And we went up and down the East Coast. Uh, we performed, and that was the first time I performed on Broadway. We performed at Circle on the Square. Uh, and your was, life like, is already so cool at like 16. At 16. Jeez. At 16. Um, but I mean, g- growing up with the son of a president of the union, I would come home from school and I would walk in the door of my house and Jack Lemmon would be sitting there with Cesar Romero. You know. Did you realize at the time, like, whoa, this is cool, or, how, or how was it just it looking was? back? I was. I think I was pretty aware. I mean, I, uh, uh, I, I, I got to meet, uh, I got to meet Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, and you know, I was, a, but I was a film geek, like yeah. right out of the womb. I mean, I was. So you knew right away you wanted to be in the entertainment. Not industry. really, not really. I mean, I, I wanted to have a normal life. I mean, mm-hmm. when I went off to college, I. Um, I moved to D.C. I worked for National Public Radio, worked for NPR for three mm-hmm. years. I worked on the Hill. Um, I thought I was going to go into maybe politics or public policy or, you know, do something where I wore a suit and carried a briefcase and yeah. did something normal. And then uh, on a dare, I auditioned for a play at the Arena Stage in Washington, D.C., and I got it, and I just was kind of off to the races from there. I kind of got the bug and, mm-hmm. you know, got the got the Jones for it and I just have kept, kept just kind of kept going and one of these days I'm going to get out but uh, it might be I yeah. think you're committed to it <laughs> I might be I might give you I might be committed to it just one more job just one last job man and then I'm out that's did it you, did you um do you do you feel like you were naturally talented or did that time that you were in um no. school but you booked like your first gig I uh, yeah but I was yeah that, that my mom was in oh my, <laughs> no no I'm saying the the one uh, oh, the after school uh, special no, the one that the, the the play you just mentioned. Which play? The one in D.C. Oh yeah, but I mean, I was no, I was carrying a spear. I mean, I was I was it, I wasn't playing Richard the Third. I, I was it was a tiny role. Oh. Um, and I was playing tiny roles in little plays around D.C. and uh, and then I moved to New York and I and I studied for several years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember auditioning for my first play in college, and. I was pretty awful at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I thought that I was going to be very good just 
by osmosis. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I'm the son of an actor, yeah. and you know, and the grandson of actors. So naturally, I'm going to be good. And then my very first audition, I tanked it. I mean, it was not very good. So. Yeah. Um, no one's first audition is ever good. N- probably not. You know, and I, I still I just still, like no one's first stand up experience is ever good. But I, you I, think I, it's good. At I the started time. to say. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how stand up comics do it. It's 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 absolutely it's kind of an addiction after a while. I'm sure it's an addiction, but to me, it's absolutely terrifying. What stand up comics do? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know Do you know Leslie Wolf? Mm-hmm. So Leslie Wolf, friend of ours, uh, you know, she teaches this thing at the Improv mm-hmm. where she teaches normal everyday people, accountants and yeah. dentists, to do stand up comedy in front of an audience. And she's always been trying to get me to do it, and I just will absolutely not. I it's, think you should try it. It scares the shit out of maybe me. That's and an, I do, maybe and that's I don't, the and next I do, phase I know of your career. You're supposed to do what scares you. I yeah. know that, but I just for some reason I just. Uh, the idea of bombing in front of an audience or telling a joke and just have you hearing tumbleweeds. But then it just makes you want to get up on stage again and really and win. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like golf, like you hit a bad shot and then you want to just like get better. I think yeah. with stand up it's you have See, to See, be- I think so. It's like I mean you it's painful when that happens, but yeah. then you just wanna get on stage again to like prove that no, I'll make someone laugh. With I can't this. remember jokes. That's my problem. I know three yeah. I know three jokes that I have in my in my repertoire do in my want, head. Do you want to tell them to me? Two peanuts were walking down a dark alley. <laughs> One was assaulted. <laughs> Thank you. you. I made you laugh. See, maybe I've got the gift. Maybe you do. Maybe I got the did gift. Did you write that Want to hear one? another one? I did yeah. not write it. Okay. I don't know who wrote it. I used to... My father was an encyclopedia of jokes. Really? I was bartending in Washington, D.C. for three years when I was working at NPR, and I would be behind the bar, and this was pre-internet, pre-cell phones. Mm-hmm. I would I would use the house phone behind the bar, and... Uh, at uh, it was the the bar was called the Child Herald mm-hmm. uh, in Washington D.C. and I would get on the phone. I would call my dad in L.A. Three it would be three hours earlier, and I'd call him. He'd be at work, and I'd say, "Dad, I need some jokes right now," and he would tell me six or seven jokes. I'd write them down on a bar napkin, and then I would have a little repertoire behind that's the awesome. bar so I could you know so I could so you could hit on the ladies so I could hit on that's, the ladies that's yeah, probably what it was. Ladies. Let's be hey, honest. You want to hear a joke? You want to you want to hear another one? <laughs> yes. Guy walks into the bar. Bar's completely empty. Guy sits down. Orders a drink. Bartender puts down the scotch and soda. The guy hears, hey, nice hat. He looks around. He's like, who the fuck said that? Then he hears, nice shoes. Looks around. He's like, this place is totally empty. Am I hearing things? Am I seeing ghosts? What's going on? Then he hears, nice tie. Bartender comes back. The guy says, hey, bartender, what's going on with this bar? It's totally empty, but I'm hearing things. I'm hearing nice shoes, nice hat, nice tie. What's going on? Bartender says, oh, it's the peanuts. They're complimentary. Thank you. Oh my god! Come on, <laughs> it's my. It's, you have a lot of nut jokes. All nut jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really like yeah. peanut. Wait, jokes. I got one more peanut joke. No, that's it. I think that's it. I think those are the two jokes that I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, guy walks into a skeleton. Walks into a bar. Uh-huh. He says, "I'll have a beer and a mop." Beer and a mop. Skeleton. Skeleton. Hold on. I don't know. If beer. I- Skeleton orders a beer. Oh, and a mop. And a mop. Just, oh, wow. Oh okay. Scratch that one off my list. Well, I was kind of just fixated on the peanut ones. You know, maybe that's my, maybe that's stuff. my genre. You can use those. Oh, I might. It's good material. But I'm going to find out probably that someone else wrote that and, you know. I heard I'll... Christopher Walken tell that joke in some interview. And it was, it, it was, it sounded a lot better when Christopher Walken said it because he's like, a guy walks into a bar, <laughs> a skeleton Ooh. walks into a bar and he says, give me a beer and a mop. That is one of the best Christopher Walken impressions I've ever heard. Thanks. So maybe, yeah, maybe. Appreciate it. Maybe you're an improv actor. You're too kind. Maybe you're you very should, nice. Maybe you should be on SNL. <laughs> That's terrifying. Uh, no, that was, uh, no, I heard, J- that was Jay Moore. Jay Moore told me that. 
Here's Jay Moore told me the Christopher Walken version of it. I worked. With, I worked. I worked on a show with Jay, and we were doing. I was like, Jay, how are you? And he's like, Spencer, nice to see you. And we were like talking back and forth like this. It was crazy. Jay does a lot of impressions. Yes, he does. He's what very show funny. Were you, did you work with him on? It was uh, Gary Unmarried. Mm-hmm. It was his, his sitcom that he did for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. I don't know that I watched it, but I know yeah. of it. That's cool. I think it was the last sitcom I was ever hired to do. Really? Was, yes, about ten years ago. Every once in a while. Somebody, oh, you mean sitcom? Okay. okay. A sitcom, like yeah, a yeah. you know, like Comedy. a like a you know, four camera. Yeah. Um, I don't get hired to do a lot of funny stuff. Well, you didn't lead with the peanut joke in the audition. I should have led with the peanut joke. You know what I mean? Joke. That's yeah. your, that's your no, first if I had, mistake. If I had led with the peanut joke with Jimmy Burroughs, I might have, uh, you know, I might be on, I might be be on Will and Grace. Yeah. yeah, I might be, I might be sitting here instead that. of... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I usually get shot or, you know, killed. Which or, is weird because you don't have that serious of a look. I'm a very sweet, sweet face. You, look, you have I? a very sweet face. You look like a little boy. Thank you. I don't know. You yeah. also remind me of this um, actor that... Looks just you guys look like whatever. Anyways, so I was going to ask. Wait, you, who who's who do I look like? I was in a class is with he him. Devastatingly handsome and funny yes, he's and, very cute. Um, does he know peanut jokes like I do? See, not many people do it. I'm just going to say I'll go. show you afterwards. I just got back from Mexico and it was the greatest time. I was with my friend Stassi. We get laid in the sun. I got a lot of sun. But unfortunately, summer doesn't last forever. But you can stretch that feeling of sun and fun just a bit longer with Kopari Beauty's line of products made from 100% organic coconut oil. And let me tell you, we use them on the entire trip. Kopari makes multitasking skincare and body care products that are free from sulfates, silicones, GMOs, or parabens. Their lightweight sheer oil works great as a face moisturizer and a makeup primer. I use it every day. Their coconut balm with aloe is intensely soothing perfect for skin that maybe got a little too much sun this summer which is exactly what happened to me in mexico and so i've also been using that for head-to-toe hydration with a beach smell that won't quit nothing beats kopari's organic coconut melt it's the ultimate multitasker and their coconut body glow lets you keep that summer shimmer going well into the fall seriously with kopari you'll get vacation flashbacks for the rest of the year i am so excited that I have an offer for you guys. Say aloha to your best skin and hair of your life with Kopari. Go to koparibeauty.com slash be here to get 20% off your order. That's koparibeauty.com slash be here. K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash be here for 20% off. So you were saying you wanted to have a normal childhood. Yeah. Do you feel like your parents being in the entertainment industry, like they're, they didn't have like a normal no, you yeah. thought, okay, sorry, you, didn't, you want to have a normal life, I meant to say. Do you feel like, did you watch your parents and think like, nah, I'd like to be more normal than that? Or? Uh, yes. My, I mean, my father, was, my father was a talent agent, uh-huh. um, and my mom has been acting since she was like two. Uh-huh. Um, she will be, she has a birthday. Uh, she probably, she wouldn't be happy if I said how old she was going to be, but she's got a birthday in a couple weeks, and uh-huh. she's uh, up there. Is she still working? She's still working. She just did a movie last year with Burt Reynolds. That's so cool. Uh, called Dog Years that's coming out in November. So she's still, I mean, she's still doing it. So yeah, when I was a kid, I saw, um, you know, we had money one day, then the next day we didn't have money, then the mm-hmm. next day we had money. It was like up and down and up and down. And I thought, well, this is a roller coaster that I don't want to be yeah. on, you know. So. But your dad had a, it, that's a business job still, if he's an agent. Yeah, but he was an agent for 50 years. He was an agent who didn't like actors. Okay. He didn't really like actors. He liked, so who did he, liked, he represent? He had, he had everybody from like Vanessa Redgrave to uh-huh. Timothy Dalton, Oliver Reed. He had a lot of British clients, um, a lot of character people. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he started out as an agent. And at one point, he represented uh, Marilyn Monroe and Marlena really? Dietrich. In oh, the my 50s. God. Your life is so cool. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just like that's pretty crazy. I mean, he was like he was old Hollywood in the nineteen fifties yeah. at Universal. He was he was an agent. Uh, people under, used to still smoke in the offices and smoking stuff. Smoking in the offices. No, he was truly like from the Mad Men era. Like uh, he See, passed. This away. is why I'm glad I didn't really look you up that much because I get to find out all this stuff from from you. My father, uh, who left us, he went to the great talent agency in the sky about two years ago, oh. um, but. On on his last day on Earth, if you looked in his closet, he still had the same pair of black Florsheim wingtip shoes. Really? That he got, you know. Was he saving them, or did he still wear those? No, he's his his great piece of parenting advice to me was tree your shoes, put shoe trees in your shoes, and they'll last forever. And he had the same like Brooks Brothers three piece suits. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 kept his. His his wardrobe was exactly the same. If you put if you saw the clothes that he wore in pictures in 1967, you'd go, "That's Don Draper." My father was Don Draper. Actually, my father was. Is my he father, Googleable? My father was. Is my father Googleable? Um, yeah, meaning would I find a photo of him? Probably, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, I mean, he was. His name was Dick back when you could be called Dick. And what was irony. your original last name? Huh? What was your original last name? Heckenkamp. Heckenkamp. Yes. Yep. Okay. Heckenkamp. Yep. <laughs> Um, my father was sort of a combination of Don Draper and Roger Sterling. Okay. The John Slattery character from Mad Men. Okay. You know, he was a bon vivant. He was a, he was a, a smoker and a drinker and a party guy. Well, it seems like he lived to be pretty he old. He lived, for a, for a guy that smoked four packs of cigarettes up until he was like 65, starting at 11, he yeah. had a pretty long life. See, this happens a lot where people, see, I, I know, this it's is amazing. why I'm like, you know what, I like to you drink and I think that Japan, I'm going to be fine. That, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to be that old. I don't want to be like. How old was he when he? Well, there was. I just heard the other day about somebody. Somebody that lived to be 150 years old. Some guy in Siberia. That's too old. I don't want to be 150. Wait, so. Th- 150. Have, wow. That's bananas. It's crazy, <laughs> Rachel. It's crazy. I tell you. So you saw. Okay, so you saw like your your your, you you didn't want that life, but you have inev- inevitably gravitated towards it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't want the. I didn't want the crazy up and downness mm-hmm. of it but were um, you an only child i'm an only child mm-hmm. um but i loved but i grew up being taken to the theater yeah um my mom would go and do a play in new york for a couple of years and then come back to la and uh and you I guys was, would always go with her would just you would move you were bicoastal bicoastal back and forth or do you have a place in both had a place in both had mm-hmm. a place in new york and a place in la grew up back and i mean literally back and forth and back and forth between la and new york for 25 years and then in between there, high school in Maine, college in North Carolina. So I, I got around. I was around mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I mean, I, I moved around a lot. But probably when I, a lot of interesting friends from just being able to like yeah. have people at different places and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but some of my earliest and best memories were going to see shows on Broadway mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, you know, when I was a kid. Um, and then when I saw uh, probably in. 1982, 1983, when the Steppenwolf Theater Company from Chicago came to New York and they mm-hmm. brought Sam Shepard's plays. Um, they brought True West uh, and they brought Lanford Wilson's Bomb and Gilead with John Malkovich and Gary Sinise and Laurie Metcalf, Metcalf and all of these actors that nobody had ever seen before in this kind of theater that nobody had ever seen before. It was like exciting and visceral and rock and rolly and fucked up and dirty and crazy. That's and cool. And it was amazing to watch. And mm-hmm. so there was a, a period of time in the early 80s where the theater scene was just just so crackling and alive. And That's when comedy was booming, too. I think yeah, it was just people yeah, were going sure. out to are see live watching, shows. Uh, we're you, dying up here? Yeah. No, I need to see. I read the book. The book's incredible. Talk about dark. 
Yeah. That's oh dark. my god. Uh, if that's it's, maybe that's why I said that. Yeah. I've, I've been watching it. And, I heard uh, it's not exactly like the book, but if it's anything even similar, it is the darkest book I've ever read. It's. I mean, the, the but the people in it, the characters in it, are dark. Melissa mm-hmm. Leo is playing sort of a version of Mitzi <laughs> Shore, mm-hmm. I guess, and um, and I know Jim. I worked with Jim on Yes Man, mm-hmm. um, who's one of the most lighthearted and funny and amazing people I've ever gotten to work with. I mean, I did Yes Man. I was on it for like 10 days uh-huh. and I laughed my ass off every day for really? 14 hours a day. See, comics are that fun was, to hang out with. Comics are fun. Yeah, I'm sure Minus the darkness. Minus <laughs> the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've like, I, Dice is somebody who I did a, I did a series with Dice. Well, uh, it, you did his series, right? I, I did Hits. No, I did, oh, no. I did a series with Andrew called Hits, H-I-T-Z. Oh, okay. You don't remember it? It was a classic no, on I UPN. No, I don't. 23 episodes. How could you have missed it? I missed it. You must have been doing something really important. I'm kicking myself, yeah. Um, It was called Hits. Mm -hmm. um, And he played sort of a a Tommy Mottola music industry Mm -hmm. mogul guy. Uh, And I was his kind of sycophantic toady in the record business that I worked with. And he and I like became the most unlikely friends. Yeah. He's with Jonas, isn't he? Still? Or used Uh, to be? He is with, yeah. He works with Laurie from time to time. Yeah. And, and. Dice and I hit it off right off the bat. I found myself all of a sudden I'm smoking, you know, Marlboro Lights 100s with him, and you know, you're wearing leather all of a sudden. To, going to CD comedy <laughs> clubs. You have an didn't, e- didn't do the leather, but but um, uh, I'd go to Vegas and see him play, and, mm-hmm. you know, and hang out. And he loved to gamble, and so I got to see a whole other side of that comedy world. Yeah, and the mania around him. Um, I mean, by the time we had done hits in '96, the Dice mania had sort of died down a little mm-hmm. bit and he was kind of on a downs downswing um but it's fascinating you know i mean having been in this business as long as i have and to see somebody like him who was you know having a having a good life and a good career all of a sudden he gets into a, a woody allen movie mm-hmm. four years ago with kate blanchett and he has this enormous career comeback and he's so got cool. his own show now and uh which I just got to do. We, I, got, I got to work with him, and uh, he's exactly the same. Really? Had an absolute blast with him. So I that's mean, really we've cool. Been, we've been friends for you know for twenty years, and so uh, I play the head of the, I play the head of a network. He wants to, he wants to host the Oscars, and I uh-huh. play the head of whatever the fictitious network is that's that's airing the Oscars. And I, you know, I say you know under no circumstances will we ever let you host the Academy Awards. <laughs> Harambe the Gorilla will host the Academy Awards before you do. Dice. See? You are doing comedy stuff. See, there you go. Yeah, you're That's selling well, yourself. No, that short. was a. That was a. That was a. I think it it, it went from Jay Moore show, and then I got to do the dice thing. So okay. there was a lot of you're you still know, doing it. A lot of getting shot in the head in between, but you know. Um, did you ever have, have like a like a career that you wanted to emulate, like someone that you looked up to, where you're like, "That's the kind of career I want." Uh God, I love. I, there's so many actors that I love. I mean, I love. Uh, I love Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a shapeshifter and yeah. such an interesting actor. I, I kind of fascinated by everything he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to work with him on Public Enemies uh, several years ago, and got to pick his brain a little bit. I love, I love, I love his career. I love the choices that he makes. I love people that make uh, that make really bold, interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Johnny Depp is somebody that I admired. You know, as 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 complicated as he is, and yeah. as as fraught with controversy as his life and career have been yeah um he's a fascinating actor i mean he makes really interesting choices so um i don't know that i would enjoy that level of crazy celebrity that he has i mean when we did public enemies we would rap 
sometimes we were shooting in Wisconsin in the mm -hmm. freezing cold and we would wrap at two, three in the morning and we would walk outside. We'd come outside the set and thousands of people would be lined up behind a, a you know, behind a, a barricade Jeez. just to watch him walk by. People don't realize that like, like, you know, like actors are obviously crazy, but like, like that level of, of, of fandom and, and celebrity makes people go crazy. I yeah. can't imagine just like, you can't be normal. You can't live a normal life at you all. Can't, you can't. You really can't. I mean, we were shooting in we were shooting in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is this tiny little town. It's actually its claim to fame is where Harry Houdini is from Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. It's like a it's like a, a block long, and we were in this little hotel, and uh, and it was a lot of guys in the movie, and we want to hang out and go out and you know and check out the town. And he could never come out. He could never come out and play with us because. It, people got wind that he was. It's like they're caged animals. There. It's sad. A little bit, but yeah. uh, no. But he's he's a brilliant he's a brilliant actor. But I mean, uh, Alec Baldwin is somebody that I've that I've admired. Yeah, I, I, I like love, his career. I, I love his I love his career. I love that he went from this gorgeous leading man mm -hmm. to you know he's aged into something something else mm -hmm. physically, and his physicality suits the 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 style of acting that he does now. Totally, um, he can kind of do. He, effortlessly from comedy to drama. Mm -hmm. um, I find him very funny. I love his politics. I think he's really funny, yeah. Yeah, he's really funny. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, who we lost a couple years ago. Great. I mean, he was, uh, uh, to me, he was, he, my generation, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a few years older than he would have been but uh, now, but he was, to me, he was our Brando. Mm -hmm. um, he was just an extraordinary talent. Yeah. You know, and um, very true to his roots in the theater. Loved, loved, loved doing theater. Mm -hmm. Um Loved directing plays, being in plays. He had a wonderful theater company called The Labyrinth mm -hmm. in New York. Um, and uh, somebody that I really admired. And I got to know a little bit and never got to work with him. But um, if he was doing a play in New York, I made sure that I was there to see it. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did Death of a Salesman and Long Day's Journey into Night. He and John C. Riley, they did True West. Speaking of Sam Shepard, who we just lost. Um, they did... Du they did uh, they switched roles mm -hmm. every other night. They would they would oh, really? take over so two character plays. So yeah. it was Austin and Lee, and one was sort of the nerdy writerly brother, and the other one was sort of this kind of career seedy career criminal. And one night John Riley would play it, and the and one night Phil would play it, and mm -hmm. they would switch off. And I got to see it, and I was I saw it several times because it was so brilliant to watch them. And so you know, I just I love actors. Yeah, know, I love actors. I love watching good work. Yeah, um, and I love. You know, I love seeing what makes good actors do good work, mm -hmm. um, and I'm always I'm always trying to learn from them. You know? Have you ever thought about if you didn't get into acting because you got in, got into it so young? What else? What would you would have done? I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a cartoonist. Uh huh. Um, and but I not paid, a lot of money in that. Huh? Not not Probably a lot not. of money in it. Yeah. I know. Unless you're. <laughs> Charles like a, Schultz, yeah, you know, yeah. There's only a few peanuts. Uh, yeah. There's probably a couple of comics. You know, yeah. Gary Trudeau probably has done very well um, with Doonesbury. But um, yeah, I was kind of fascinated by like cartooning and, mm -hmm. and uh, illustration, and I painted when I was little. I still paint now, but I, um, I thought if I didn't go into it, if I if I didn't stay with acting, I would go into academia mm -hmm. somehow. I would be a teacher. I would, te I would teach in. Uh, in the college world, mm -hmm. have you ever uh, taught any acting classes? I have, yeah, I still do. I teach. Oh, I really? teach a master class here in town. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, once a month I teach like a four-hour class. Where at? Uh, the Ruskin School, uh, which is John Ruskin was Sanford Meisner's assistant for many years mm -hmm. in New York, 
And uh, so he has a class. And in fact, uh, Matthew Perry teaches out there, Rob mm -hmm. Morrow, Richard Schiff, uh, Dylan McDermott, some terrific actors that are also kind of Meisner students. Yeah. Uh, they teach uh, this master class. And so I get a chance to go and watch these young actors, you know, uh, put up scene work and, you know, I work with them and I, I love it. I get a kick out of it. I bet that's cool. Yeah, it's great. It's I great bet fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you have kids? I don't. Okay, if you did have kids, would you want them to be in the entertainment industry? I'd want them to be, it's it's such a different business now mm -hmm. than it was when I started out. But there's also, it seems like there's just crazy more opportunities now. There is and there isn't. There is and there isn't, right? It's I mean, like, there's like it's, so it's much like, television. Yeah, like people, you know, unless you got you get in really young, the, 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 like agencies and all that, they're not really willing to develop people yeah. anymore unless yeah. you're super young. So that's kind of like, that's different. You sort of have to make your own way. But on the other side of it, there are so many opportunities to make your own way with like YouTube and Vine and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then again, those people don't really trans. Like a lot of times they'll try to like hire a YouTuber, um, you know, for an acting role because they're like, well, they have a big following. So maybe that, it, but it never really works. I'm, I'm, they, ha they have no training. Yeah. They have no training. And that drives me bananas. It drives me bananas too. And also seeing like a lot of a lot of the major agencies now uh, have like social media divisions mm -hmm. where they actively look for new talent on YouTube and yeah. uh, and I mean I know that's how Justin Bieber was discovered and a couple of people I think yeah. Rachel Bloom uh, uh -huh. came out of there and you know and there's there've been a couple of podcasts yeah. uh, that have been very successful that are now being turned into series so yeah. I mean there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of talented people out there yeah. you know um, but, but there's what people I, what that I are just influencers. With. Like there's, I have, and no, I mean, cause she's actually very funny. One of my friends is, um, she has an Instagram call account called girl with no job. And it's, <laughs> it's really funny. And I think she, I, I she think makes, I know her, a really? lot of her. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really funny. She has a lot of, you know, no, I'm just, I know a lot. Of oh, girls, girls with no jobs. With no job. Yeah. They're in yeah. LA and yeah. usually they're sponsored by someone. Yeah. Yes. If you know what I mean? Yes. Um, wink, wink. But she, uh, she makes like these funny memes, but a lot of times she just pulls memes from, you know, other people's accounts. But like, she has a booming career just from that. Like, and I'm sure she's represented at a big agency just so from. She kind of has a job. She has no job. But yeah. She actually has but a job. it's, but it's, it's a huge thing. Like, that's a whole nother way to make it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. See, you come back to walking. I want to get a walking accent. You got, I think you got it. You're almost there. Crazy. It's crazy. Come on, Rachel. Oh, my God. I spent a year and a half at Second City doing like the full improv track. Didn't develop one impression. Really? Here, here in LA? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, w I just finished it. I'm like, I don't know what I did the whole time. Like, I didn't develop any impressions at all. What did you do? I don't know. <laughs> no, did you learn anything it's hard to do that when you're a stand-up first yeah because improv so much different than stand-up yeah and sketch or whatever because uh, stand-up's a medium of like telling jokes and kind yeah. of being cool yeah. it's not, you're not really wacky very often on stage yeah and so the whole time i'm in a scene with people like being wacky i'm like always just thinking like this would be a really great time for a joke i'm like but that would stop the scene that's not what you're supposed to do so it was really hard for me to like not you're not really wacky as a stand-up no unless you are most, like, unless you're like a Chris D'Elia, speaking of Chris kind D'Elia. Of, he's kind of wacky, but he he's very... He has a really like rubbery, physical... Yes, almost but like he's a, very sarcastic and, and he tells jokes. Yeah. It's, improv yeah. Is, is, you know, just feeding off of the other person and just like making scenes and stuff. He, yeah. I, Chris would have a hard time with it too because he would be thinking probably like... You, you can think of a really funny joke in the moment, but it sort of stops the scene for the other people. Yes, that's you know? true. That's true. So it was... Yeah, it's harder. I th yeah, I think it's better to do it the other way around. Like, I've never actually done. I've never taken an improv class. I, 
Um, I've always, I I've always been like curious it. about it. I've always wanted to do like a Groundlings or a second. You should city. do it just to see if you like it. I'd be curious. To, I, w- for I you think to I would like it. See if you like it. I, I would. I know that I would like that. I don't know if I'd like stand up, but I know yeah. that I would like that. I think you'd prefer to go to Second City over Groundlings. Groundlings is more like they have these stupid games and rules and dumb stuff that they have to do. Yeah. Second City is more like for actors. One of the most brilliant improvisers I've ever seen, and 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 we actually were roommates for for quite a while. Is uh, do you know who David Pasquese is? Mm-mm. Dave is uh, an actor out of Chicago, um, and he has a, a two man improv troupe, I guess you'd call it. It's a two-man improv show called TJ and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recently split up after a long time, but they had their own theater together in D.C. And it's two guys who walk out on stage onto a bare stage with a chair or whatever in front of an audience, and they walk out with nothing. Mm-hmm. And Dave will say, hey, that's a nice tie you're wearing. And then all of a sudden, like 25 minutes later, It'll, they will have created this entire world. They will mm-hmm. have created this entire story from beginning to end. It's extraordinary to watch. Really cool. I, I, anybody that's listening, go on YouTube and, and watch TJ and Dave okay. if you want to see two, two masters at work. I actually may have seen it now. I think I yeah. just didn't know the names. Uh, and Dave was in town a couple of weeks ago, and he and Joel Murray, who's mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the youngest uh, of Bill Murray's brothers, a uh-huh. wonderful actor in his own right. And he and Joel did the two-man thing together. And... And I just, I was just entranced. I was fascinated it's, by it. It's, it's impressive when it people really can is. do that. It really is. It really is. It really yeah. is. Um, do you find it hard to date in the entertainment industry? Yeah. Were you married before? No, I've never been married. You've never been married. Never been married. I came close. You're like I, an eternal bachelor. No, I just. You have a girlfriend I, now, right? I can't, but I can't. I came close. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dodge your bullet story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good idea not to get married. To this person? Not a good idea not to get married who's, to someone who's uh, leading a double life and like, uh, and like flying to Paris on the weekend with somebody else. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Was she I, an actress or was she, she a was an actress girl? with a big giant oh. steaming neon capital A, um, and who was having a hard time getting uh, getting ahead in the business. Mm-hmm. So uh, wait, what do you mean by like an A? Like like a, an actress with a capital A. Oh, okay. Yeah, or or if you want to get into, you know, Nathaniel Hawthorne, like Scarlet Letter. Yeah, that's what I thought you yeah, were yeah, saying. Yeah. Okay. No, she was just, you know, you say she's an actress with a capital A. Yeah. She, was a she was a very, very ambitious mm-hmm. person um, and basically decided to take a shortcut and uh, uh, and got involved with a, a very successful movie producer Hmm. who basically said, uh, why don't you come with me to parties and premieres and events and things and be my arm candy. And she didn't tell you that's what she was doing? No. You just had to find out through other I people? I found out about uh, about three months before I was about to put a, a ring on her hand. Oh, that has got yeah. a scar, yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably why you didn't get married after yeah, that. Yeah, so I was kind of gun shy. To, yeah. I, I kinda, it kind of beat me up for a little while after that because I, I just, just randomly ran into somebody. I, this is like, not, not to get into, you know, psychoanalysis but I ran you know I ran into somebody in town I had the ring in my pocket I was walking around with a ring in my pocket oh and this my is God, probably this that? is probably um, how many years ago this story is probably relevant this is in 2000 uh-huh. it's probably relevant <clears throat> to people that are listening that yeah that are you know living in Los Angeles and dating 100% because, well and I, I, I think it's relevant for anyone though but yeah, yeah like but if you're, if, you're, if you're dating somebody that's uh, I, I didn't really have any awareness of how truly desperately she wanted to make it get you know get ahead 
Um, so I'm walking around with a ring in my pocket. Girls can almost be worse than guys in that way. Oh my God. Like, but I, so, and I just, I literally bumped into somebody in a diner, started talking to them and she said, uh, she said, oh, you're an actor, right? And I said, yeah. And I said, and I said, you look familiar. She said, yeah. What do you, I said, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you working on? She said, no, I just did this, uh, uh, I just did this movie, uh, in Mexico with, uh, blah, blah, blah. I won't say her name. And, uh, and I said, what, what, that, uh, that's, that's my girlfriend. You worked with my girlfriend. She said, oh, that's your girlfriend. She said, that's interesting. So how long have you been together? And I said, we've been together for about nine months. And then, and she sort of, her jaw dropped on the floor and she picked it back up. And that's what she started to tell me. She said, well, um, I hate to tell you this, but like, Whoa. I was with your girlfriend in London last week. Um, with her boyfriend, who was this producer. I wonder why she felt the need to like tell you and not cover for her if she was friends with her. She was trying to, I think she was trying to save me from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but that story wow. is probably... That's crazy, because you just ran into, you don't even know just, that person. I mean, it was like, it was like, one of the... It was, it, truth it was, always comes out. Huh? The, the truth always truth comes always out. Truth always comes out, but it was one of those things, I think that, I think... I, I'm not a, like a big believer in fate and the mm-hmm. stars and all of that. But, I am in that case. That was. But in that case, you like, run into anyone. somebody brought me to that diner on that particular yeah. day in that moment, and and I was meant to meet that person because if I hadn't found out on that day, I would have found out, you know, six months later when we were married or something. And that would have been way worse. It would have sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So. so but I- that story that happened to me—that's the whole point—is—is is I'm saying. Uh, it's probably happens. I'm sure it happens all the time. A thousand times a day in this town. Uh, all so the time. So I just got, you know, I just happened to have uh, gotten, you know, got out of it. Well, I, I just, I just, it, it happened to have happened to me, and um, I, I survived it. Yeah. Let's say, you know, but I, I'm kind of embarrassed by it. You know, after what? Embarrassed? I was embarrassed that I that I that I, that I anyway. fell for it. I was embarrassed that I, I, I get that I, that I yeah. fell for because. This person was so good yeah. at this this double so scary. this double life. What would she say when she was going out of the country? She I, she'd say, "I'm going to visit uh, a friend of mine uh, back in Oklahoma who's dying of cancer." Um, or I'm going. It, oh yeah, this is before social media, probably. Oh, where yeah. like, yeah, it's oh, not yeah, like yeah. she's posting pre, that she's in, pre, yeah. Uh, get away uh, with a lot. It was like the internet was just around but it wasn't yeah. like you know but there was no google and yeah. facebook and all of that so she'd say oh yeah i'm going to uh, I'm, go- I'm going to um, i'm going to go uh, see some see some family in oklahoma or i'm going to go i'm going to phoenix to shoot a bud light commercial oh great have a great time but what would happen if you couldn't get a hold of her especially would call, if you would so you'd when call she, international she wasn't number? actually in phoenix shooting a bud light commercial she'd be lying on a beach in maui somewhere yeah or at, at you know at some in some hotel in europe and she would be calling me from pay phones in europe or she'd say i'm going you know i'm going to shoot a, a commercial in chicago so she'd be calling me from south america and i'd say how's chicago she'd say oh you know it's windy <laughs> You know, it's like, like oh my God. so, and I was just, you know, I was a stupid kid in love and yeah. I just thought, okay, oh, well, come home soon. And she'd come home and bring me presents and everything was hunky-dory and, you're you know, like I, this, was, I was, I was like this imported, uh, French chocolate. That's, oh, yeah, they exactly. have that, they have that oh, in Chicago. That's exactly what happened. I mean, she'd come home with, you know, major goodies and, you know, she'd also have like gorgeous couture gowns and, you know. A new, you know, a new diamond bracelet on and be like, where did you get that? Oh, I got it at the flea market, you know. And I just, I was so stupid and naive and I fell for it. It's and not I stupid. Feel like such a schmuck. I think but. that everyone's fallen for something like that. Yeah. Yes. Well. Everyone has. I, I survived it. I, I, I hope, I hope you did too. Yeah. 
Yeah. You have a lovely girlfriend now, though. That's another link that Lori sent me. She's uh, <laughs> she's a reporter. Yeah, I know at exactly CNN, who she is. And uh, she lives in D.C. And it's this kind of back and forth uh, uh, transcontinental bi coastal mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's probably good though. Like you, you're dating someone that understands like TV and the entertainment industry, but isn't an actress. Yes, she's not. Uh, she's not an actress, and she's uh, uh, she's been in the political world mm-hmm. or the world of political journalism for 25 years and and I'm an absolute political junkie so yeah. and having lived in DC I um you know I love going back there and I love being part of that world and uh uh and it's always I'm always meeting like fascinating people whenever I go back there yeah. so um but being a political junkie and I mean I'm getting to I just got cast in uh Jason Reitman's new movie who mm-hmm. did you know I did uh, thank you, thank you for smoking. Mm-hmm. I did as a movie uh, that he directed uh, several years ago, and uh, he's so very I'm, into the comedy scene. He did a documentary on the roast battle, I think. Jason Reitman did. Uh-huh. Did he really? Uh-huh. He's I not. Think. He doesn't do comedy, but right, 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 yeah. right. Um, but I'm playing Bob Woodward. I'm playing the cool. the you know iconic journalist Bob mm-hmm. Woodward. Um, so I have an opportunity to meet him next week. So I'm going back to Washington, uh-huh. and I'm going to have a chance to sit down and have have a lunch with him and find out what it was like in 1988 that's working on the Gary Hart campaign. So cool. You know, so things like that, I mean, are, are pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. So, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite role that you've had so far? I had one scene in a movie with Catherine Keener called lovely and amazing, mm-hmm. um, directed by Nicole Hall of center who directs Catherine in all of her movies. Or, I mean, Catherine uses Catherine in all of her films. Um, Nicole's a wonderful director and, she asked me to do this one scene where I played sort of a swishy West Hollywood shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. And that was really how it was described. There was nothing really more to it on that than that on the page. And so I was running lines with Catherine before we went in, and I was just going to play it just kind of effeminate and sort of flighty and weird. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with it. And then at the last minute, I decided to make him German. And so he started talking like this. <laughs> and I started talking to Catherine. And I said, what are you doing in my store? And she was selling uh, wrapping paper that she had made, homemade wrapping paper. And it had little brown dots on it. And I said, it looks like a little turd. Uh, you know, I'm and, very and impressed with your accent. Thank and you your so much. And so I sort of created this character named Willie. And I got to play, and I was on screen for like a minute with her, and I just had a wonderful time. And so that's like my favorite thing that I've ever done. That's awesome. It's my favorite role. And I'd love, I'd, love to, I'd love to have a whole show where I just talk like this with you. Why don't you write it? Rachel, how are you today? <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. It looks like a little turd. It's so I just funny. like saying turd. Turd. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever have a role that you passed up and then someone else took it and you regret it? Uh, not yet. I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah. Not, not yet. I haven't. I haven't passed up on too much. I mm-hmm. love to work too much. Yeah. So I. I don't. Unless there. Unless there's like two or three things that happen at the same time, mm-hmm. and they can't work out the schedule. Um. I'll try to do them all if I can. Yeah. If they can fit it in, you know. So I. Um. Uh. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been lucky enough to be able to turn anything down. Um, I just, lo- I just, well, I think the- you just have like a really major work ethic. Sure. I've got a good, I've got a, think I have a pretty good work ethic. Do you I ever just, get time off? Yeah. Um, I had actually three months off for the first time in like seven years. Oh my gosh. Um, when I finished insecure second season of insecure mm-hmm. and I was in my car and I was, I left my trailer and I was in my car and I was driving home 
And I went, oh, fuck. I don't have another job to go to now. And it was the first time. I mean, listen, that's champagne problems. I am, yeah, I was like, I I'm w- sure you weren't panicking. You've been working for years. No, no, no. I mean, I wasn't panicking, but I was kind of like, oh. But no, but bored. listen, when you're an actor, you think, I'm never going to work again. Yeah. Never going to work again. That's, that's it. That, yeah. I finished that job, and I was, no, I was, I was kind of like, I went into like a little funk for a couple of days, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, man. And then I had a couple of auditions that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, shit, I've forgotten how to act. And I don't know how I'm, I'm never going to work again. So it's, that, it's just that actor's thing. Yeah, where, you know, on that, You know, we're, we're always, there's a little bit of insecurity where you mm-hmm. think, um, uh, you, you never know where that next gig is coming so from. True. So So I was spoiled for, after having had seven years of pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, I was recurring on like five, six different things at the same time. Going from Vancouver to Atlanta to Toronto to Thailand, um, you know, really crazy, fun, busy, doing really neat things. Do you like the travel? Part I love of it? it. Oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I went to, I got got cast in uh, a movie, a big action movie, big silly action movie with Pierce Brosnan and Owen Wilson mm-hmm. called No Escape. And <laughs> I haven't seen that, but it sounds funny. It's it's, it's a yeah, it's at No Escape. Mm-hmm. He couldn't escape from the. The, the, from the horrific uh, cultural revolution that was going on in this in this Asian town, uh, Owen Wilson moves to this uh, this city in Asia with his family, Lake Bell, the great mm-hmm. Lake Bell, and his kids. And the day they get there, there's like a, a coup that mm-hmm. happens, and he couldn't escape, and hence the title. <laughs> um, it's actually a pretty good movie. And um, but I was I played his boss, uh, who is trying to convince him what a great job it would be. And it was a scene that took place in a restaurant in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And instead of shooting at stateside, they flew me, they flew me to uh, Bangkok mm-hmm. for the day. So I flew from here to actually Chiang Mai, Thailand, which oh is God. like north of Bangkok. So they flew me to Thailand for the day to do this one scene with Owen Wilson that took place in a restaurant mm-hmm. in uh, in Dallas. That's so cool. So we shot it and then, uh, and that was, it was exhausting. Is he a good but, dude? Great dude. Yeah. Great dude. Really, really interesting. He's interesting so funny. guy. Yeah, he's so very funny. funny. You know, um, I heard some radio, uh, some ad the other day, and some guy was like talking like him. It was like trying to sound like Owen Wilson. Really? And the guy was like a car. It was like a car dealership. He's like, yeah, you really need to come down here and buy these Nissans, man. You know? I think Barry Katz kind of sounds like him, and sort of like it looks like an older bit. version yeah, of him. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Weirds me out. No, I, I, I had, a, I had a good time with him. I had a good time with him, and. Um, and then the year before that, I got to go to Kuala Lumpur, mm-hmm. Malaysia, and do a movie with Viola Davis, um, and uh, I got to be friends with her and somebody that I've just respected and admired forever, mm-hmm. and having seen her on stage like 15, 20 years ago, uh-huh. and then to get to work with, you know, when you get to work with people that you grew up admiring. I, I get that feeling all the time. Every time I, because I used to be obsessed with Chris Farley and, and David Spade uh, movies, and really? uh yeah Tommy boy are you like a yeah, yeah. and now uh kevin farley who is a lot like looks a lot like chris is yes. one of my best friends uh, and i perform with guy. david spade on on yep. stand-up shows all the time i'm yep. like this is something that i was like 11 years old i was watching like this is so funny yeah and now they're you yeah. know people i know yeah yeah so weird yeah i worked with spade i did uh i did uh dickie roberts mm-hmm. former child star <laughs> that's where i met lovitz um and it's again like being around those, you know, being around the funny people. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope some of it rubs off on you. you yeah, know, that's more your world than mine, and so it's probably you have a lot more fun because you're around those people all the time. But 
so I, I just I love being around people that I hope yeah. that I hope uh, I hope their their talent rubs off of me. One of the very first things I ever got to do was was a movie with Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love him. I was just he's one of my favorite actors. He's he's probably my favorite actor. Yeah. Um, and I I was lucky enough to do a movie with him called The Stars Fell on Henrietta, and I remember showing up and. I mean, at that point, this was in 19, uh, I don't know, 92 or something. And, you know, from Network to The Godfather to Godfather 2 to Tender Mercies, I mean, everything he's done, just, you know. And so I showed up and I was completely in awe of him. And I made this ridiculous decision that I was going to, like, chew gum and, like, have a little bit of a limp Mm -hmm. in the scene. And, you know, I had this thick Texas accent. I was talking like this. So I had the accent and the limp, and I was Mm -hmm. chewing gum, and I was just acting my ass off. (laughs) I mean, I was just acting up a fucking storm. And the director came up to me. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I said, well, I'm... I'm I'm acting. He said, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> he says, "You're trying to outact Robert Duvall, aren't you?" And I said, "No." He said, "Yeah, you fucking you're trying to out." He says, "You're on screen with Robert Duvall. Just be. Let him, you know, like you can't you can't compete with that." And I thought, "He's right. What am I doing?" <laughs> That's you know. Really funny. And Duvall came, pulled me aside afterwards and he's like, he says, "You know, I see what you're doing with the gum and the limp and all that." He's yeah. like, "Nice try." Uh, you know, was he um, nice about it? Huh? He was. Nice he was lovely it? about it. I yeah. mean, Duvall was a Sandy Meisner guy. He was. Mm-hmm. He studied with Sanford Meisner, the yeah. same teacher that I studied with. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and if anybody teaches you that less is more, mm-hmm. especially an actor like Duvall, totally. Um, so I was just. It was just my nerves and my. You know, and yeah. I wanted to. You know, I wanted to kind of showboat a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I was intentionally trying to outact him, but I. I think I wanted to be. I wanted to be interesting. Yeah. And when you when you but your see, people are usually more interesting when they're they're just being and not trying being. so hard. Mm-hmm. When you watch an actor trying to be mm-hmm. interesting, that's the kiss of death. Totally, that's when you know you like fucking get out the acting police. Yeah. Okay, I know you have to go to audition, but you're fascinating to talk to. So I just have a few more questions. Oh yeah, are you late yet? What time is it? It's one twenty eight. One twenty eight. All right. Two more questions, maybe. Ask me. I'm I'm good. Okay, I'm, all right. you're okay for now. Um, uh, what what advice would you give to someone that like wants to get in the entertainment industry? Would you tell them to do it? Would you tell them not to do it? I would tell them the same thing that I tell the the the, the kids that I teach. Really, really study. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go in with fully loaded. You mm-hmm. have to go in fully prepared. Um, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard out there for yeah. a pimp. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's. You gotta be. You have to have your training. Yeah, I say know? that. I, I and I also say you have to really love it because you there's really so much rejection. It. You can't. You can't just go in here half-assing it. You gotta no, no, really no, no. love it. You, you have to and and not have an exit plan. People no. that are like, I'm gonna do it for five years, and then if it doesn't work out, a like, have an exit plan. But no, no, I'm saying don't have an exit plan. But you have to have an exit plan. You have. You should. You should have a. You should have a backup. You should. I. I would. I see. Would, I just think the people that say like, all right, I'm gonna go try it for five years, and then, well. How do you know on your sixth year it wasn't going to happen? You have That's to just true. keep That's doing. True. I mean, I started when I was twenty-four, and I thought, "Wow, if I'm not getting offers to star in movies by the time I'm thirty, then yeah. I'm going to give up." You know? Yeah, thought, well, can't ridiculous. do that. Yeah, you know, because I, mean, I bet, I bet, I bet the career that you thought you had is probably different than the one you have. Just like I didn't expect to move to LA. I moved to LA to be an actress. I didn't think I'd become a stand-up comic, yeah. and that's become like you know the bread and butter of my career. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't think people should have a. At least an out. I, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah. not an exit strategy. Yeah. But, but like a backup plan to support yourself. It helps to have something else that you're good at. Yeah. 
Um, That's true. I mean, I always knew that, you know, I could, um, I could go in, I could teach drama in college or yeah. I could go into advertising or whatever. Um, but, uh, I mean, I tell the students like really be, I mean, when I first started out, you know, you got your Chekhov and your Ibsen and your Shaw and your Shakespeare and your, uh, you know, your, your stage combat. I mean, you had mm-hmm. to be well-rounded, you know, you had to be really well-trained. And I don't think the actors that are coming up these days because I think they can have just that. become famous off of Instagram. And exactly, stuff. exactly. They, there's half of them have zero training. Yeah, they just and that makes me bananas. It makes me mad too. You know, it's these, really the, annoying. The Instagram stars that are yeah. people that are getting paid to have their pictures on Instagram, um, and they become you know world famous models. Listen, God bless them if they're making yeah. a lot of money, but uh, but half those half those ones get movie roles. Some of them there's get movie a, roles, this, and that does not an actor make. And yeah. what happens is that. You know, you get slapped up on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine or Mm -hmm. Us magazine and you become the star of the moment. You become the flavor of the week Mm -hmm. and then you flame out, you know, because if you don't have if you don't have the the tools Mm -hmm. and the equipment and the wherewithal to know what you're doing to navigate in this business. Acting is the same way as comedy in the sense of like. Jerry Seinfeld has this famous quote where he says that comedy is the closest thing to justice. If you're comedy good, you is the sur- closest thing to justice. <laughs> if Who you're good, you people? survive. That if not, awful. if not, you don't make it. Like it's like you actually. Do you think acting is the same way, or do you think people can fake it? I think a lot of people fake it. Yeah. I think you can fake it, but eventually you're going to get found out. Yeah. Eventually you're going to get caught faking it. You can only fake it for so long. Okay, I agree with you that. You can only fake it for so long. You have to have good representatives that mm-hmm. believe in you. Um, that's all part of the business part of the business. Mm-hmm. But man, you got to be you got to be good. Yeah. You got to be you got to be well trained. That's true. You got to know your shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 30 years and I feel like I'm just hitting my sweet spot. I feel really? like I'm, I feel like I'm just really getting good at it. I'm I really do. Huh. I mean, when I when I sat Surprising down, to hear. No, but I mean, when I sat down with Sandy Meisner and when I was 21 years old and he taught an he had a an island he had a house on the island of Bequi in the West Indies mm-hmm. and he took 20 students there every summer 10 Whoa. 10 boys and 10 girls on an island in the West Indies and we lived and breathed acting work every that day that is so cool it was phenomenal it was great and one of the first things he said to us was it takes 20 years to become a good actor and i remember thinking 20 years i don't have 20 years wow. i want to i want to go now i'm yeah. ready to go and he was right. I mean, do you think I'm, it has to do with life experience too? Yeah, yeah. You got to have life you have experience, to have empathy, and you, you have, have to have been lived. through shit to be able to. Yeah. I mean that Emote. that that shitty heartbreak that I went through that mm-hmm. I told you about earlier. Yeah. I it it cracked open something in me then, and I was able to I was able to plug into and access mm-hmm. uh, an emotional. Uh, Avenue mm-hmm. in my body. This sounds really highfalutin. And no, it doesn't. It's exactly, I mean, I mean, all art and and, okay. and comedy come from pain. Okay, so I mean, I really got my ass kicked in that mm-hmm. relationship thing, and I I learned from it, mm-hmm. and I also the pain that I experienced from it. The next time I had to do, I did a did a play called The Real Thing by Tom Stoppard, which was one of my favorite plays, uh-huh. and I played a guy who was cheated on. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on stage the first time I had to do it, and I and I went on stage in front of seven hundred people, and I was living it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think if I hadn't gone through what I went through earlier with that situation, I I wouldn't have been able to give the kind of performance that I gave. So yeah, I mean, so all good art comes out of mm-hmm. comes out of pain for yeah. sure. So 
We just don't want to have too much of it. I know. It's true. You know? They say pain plus time equals comedy. It's totally true. I totally... No one totally, wants to hear a comedian be like, my life's fantastic. Yeah. It's like, that's not no, funny. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's true. Um, what do you like to do like outside of... This is probably the last question. I'll let you go. Even though I could talk to you for hours. Um, what do you like to do outside of acting? What do you do outside of work? What are you passionate about? Um, I like hiking and long walks on the beach. And, <laughs> no. I, I... You know what? I'm a... I uh, I'm a reader. I love mm-hmm. I love books. I'm a book junkie. I love I love I love movies. Um, I'm just now starting to catch up on. Uh, I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, so mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm going to start doing that too. I saw the first. Season, I just wa- I watch. But, but no, that's not that's not a it. that's not a that's not an answer to your question. Are you? Um, I love to travel. I love to travel, travel, and I'm a I'm a food junkie. I was just going to say because your bio at the end says that you love frequenting restaurants. Food that's like my favorite thing in the yeah. world. <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I mean I'm. I went. I went to. Uh, what are your favorite restaurants in the here world? in town? Oh, in here? the world. Well, my favorite. Give a few restaurant, here and then a few in New York. Um, I love a place here called Luke. Yeah, I love that place. Um, which is down the street. My moronic ass. When I first moved here, I got to, uh, someone took me on a date there. When yeah, I was like, to Luke. When I was like twenty-one or twenty-two, yeah, very I pronounced romantic. it. I pronounced it Luquess. Luquess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. That's how it's spelled. L u c q u e s. Yep, but um, that's I love so Luke. I love AOC. I love um, good places. Um, I love the French Laundry. Where's that? French Laundry is up in... Oh, oh. my parents went there recently. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly expensive, right? It's up in Yauntville. It's up in Northern California in Napa. It's It's like the best restaurant they've ever been to. It's probably one of the best restaurants. It's certainly one of the best in the country, if not the Mm -hmm. world. Um, And uh, there's a restaurant in Paris called Taïvon. I mean, I'm... I love Paris. I could could go on. I can Mm -hmm. go on about... How about New York? About food places. New York... um, New York, I love I like New York joints. Uh-huh. So I, I go as soon as I go to New York, I drop my bags and I go to uh, PJ Clark's. Oh, I like that place. Yeah, you know, just good old fashioned New York joint. Just a good old fashioned uh, New York bar. What streets it on? I Burger feel like... and a beer, fifty fifth and third. I think is there a hotel next to it? No. I, I think I, would, I went there the last time well, I was in New York couple, and sat a, at a bar by myself. There's a couple myself. of versions of PJ Clark's, but the main one, okay. the original one, is on the Upper East Side. I think, yeah. 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 After a comedy show, it was, there were, one of those was next to my hotel, and I uh, I sat there at like 2 a.m. <laughs> by myself, <laughs> like the lady that I am. Um, no, but I love, I mean, I uh, what's another place? I mean, I, you know, I love sushi, and I just love food, man. Me too. I, yeah, it's just, like my favorite yeah, thing besides yeah. comedy. Yeah. My, comedy and sushi? No, just food. Food. Comedy yeah. and food. Yeah. I went to visit, a, uh, uh, you know, Stephen Weber, the actor Stephen Weber? Sounds from familiar. Wings and a billion things. He was, shooting on, he was shooting something in New Orleans a couple of years ago when I was in Atlanta, and uh, he said, why don't you come visit me? Come, come, come and hang out. Mm-hmm. Get on a plane, come to New Orleans, and we'll have dinner. And I'd never been to New Orleans before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. So I flew to New Orleans and I said, like I said, we've got to have a nice, quiet evening, nice dinner. Uh, can't do anything too crazy because I got to be back on set tomorrow afternoon. And we went and had a great dinner. And next thing I knew it, I'm walking down the street in New Orleans uh-huh. with like a scotch in my hand, walking down the street. <laughs> And eating every other fifth place that we stop into. And I thought, if I lived in New Orleans, I would be 400 pounds, <laughs> diabetic, alcoholic. Because all I want to do is just eat and drink. Because you know? that's what they do there. Yeah. New Orleans yeah. is cool. It's a weird city, but it's, it's very cool. It's a weird cool. city, but it's a great city. Very cool. Yeah, just are the music f- and everything about it I love. Are you a fan of Anthony Bourdain? Oh, yes. Food? Oh, yes. Do you happen to know him? I do. I've met him. I've met he's him. My, he's one of my dream podcast guests. It's my dream job. He has he's my, dream my dream job. dream job, too. Yeah. Just you would to, give up acting and have that job? In a heartbeat. I in a would second. Too. In a second. To fly all over the world. It's the and greatest job eat. ever. 
Forget about it. And meet people. And he like, gets drunk on the show, too, which He gets drunk. He drinks. He, has, he eats great food. He gets it's to the go coolest to job ever. Ridiculous, you know, places all over the time. I mean, constantly, you know. Um, have you watched Chef's Table? <gasps> I don't think so. Oh, my God. On Netflix? Chef's Table? Is it one of his shows? No, no. It's a, it's a Netflix show, and it focuses on one chef in a restaurant every episode. i got to write that down. Oh, I'm it's write- fantastic. You're going to get addicted to it. It's such a great show. Maybe I'll watch it today. Chef's Table, so good. Um, watch the one about the the uh, about the chef. I forget his name. It's a chef in uh, in Spain. There's uh-huh. one in Spain and one in Italy, but it's the Spanish chef one. Okay. Um, it's just like you know, and you're just watching, and just the way that it's filmed. Yeah. You just you know, just the food. Do you like to cook? Oh, yeah, I'm a good cook. Me too. Yeah. I just love food. Yeah. That was why I was a fat kid when I was younger. Were you? And then I was like, oh, you can't eat that much. You can only eat. <laughs> <laughs> but in Oregon, in a small town in Oregon. Oh, yeah. 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 I was, it didn't matter. I, I was... And now, and now there's, there's so much filming in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love working at Portland because that's such a great food town. What have you, what have you done there? I did there? Leverage up there uh-huh. and uh, the Librarians. And I did a little indie film up there a couple of years ago. Um, a... But I, lo- I love the... I love it's great, cause... but it rains a lot. It rains, there, a, it it rains a lot. A lot uh, and I... I was there for about two weeks. It rained every single day for yeah, two weeks. That sounds straight. about right. Yeah. And my one day it off, rains I, like took 10 months train, out of the year I where I'm from. took the train up to Seattle mm-hmm. for the day because I'd never been to Seattle. And it was the one sunny day and I got to Seattle and it rained the entire time I was in Seattle. Oh my God. And then I took the train back to Portland and I could see the clouds like forming as I was pulling into the tree. It's you so know. depressing. Um, but yeah, but I still loved it. It's beautiful know. there though. That's yeah. why it's so green. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, I had a pleasure. Do you want to, do you want to plug anything or anything you're working on? Or? I mean, uh, Bosch. I'm on Bosch now okay. and I'm on Amazon, which is a great show. Season three of Bosch. Um, have a really fun recurring gig on this show, uh, Insecure. I'm not in the movie Bella, yeah. uh, direct, <laughs> but that's coming out. Where did they even get that uh, name? It's The Public is the public. coming out. Okay. Emilio Estevez is The Public, which is going to be wonderful, um, uh, with Jeffrey Wright and Alec Baldwin and Kristen Slater and Jenna Malone and Michael K. Williams, an incredible cast, and um, yeah, and starting the, starting the Jason Reitman thing in a couple of weeks. So. Exciting. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, just busy boy. You are, very yeah. much so. All right. Well, thanks Food for doing Food and this. work. It's my thing. It was great meeting you. Great meeting you. Uh, yeah. And tell us where you can find you on social media. I'm on Twitter at uh, the number one Spencer Garrett and on Instagram at Spencer Garrett number one. 